Anthony, my bracket is a dumpster fire, but I'm just going to give a shout out to two of our folks here at Fruit Waves, Darren Caputo and Christy Hughes, who both still have UConn alive. They're their national champions, and so they at least have one out of their four teams that they picked yeah, right for the my, Final Four. Might need to have them on and interview them about their thought process and their picking. So You know, we, we might have to do that. <laughs> All right, Isaiah, thank you for that. Interesting to see those headlines as well. And of course, tune in for Freight Waves Presents this afternoon. Right now, we're going to welcome in our next live guest. We've got Jack Dahlia with us, one of our staff writers and our head of Modern Shipper. Let's talk a little bit about what he saw at ProMat last week. And Jack, it seemed like you were just pumping out story after story after story about these incredible advancements going on at ProMat. What was the coolest thing that you saw? Well, there was so much going on. It, it was really overwhelming. I mean, the show this year, uh, it was the first time it was held since 2019. There were about 50,000 attendees, uh, almost a thousand different companies exhibiting. Um, you know, there was one, I think, really, really cool piece of warehouse robotics from Agility Robotics. They've got um, sort of this humanoid robot. It's called Digit. Um, and it, it looks and, and functions just like a human. It doesn't have hands. It's got little claws that it uses to pick things. But um, that won an innovation award at the show. Um, and I thought that was one of the cooler pieces of tech I saw there for sure. And Jack, while you were there, did you hear any kind of interesting trends or points being talked about some from some of the industry leaders? Oh, yeah, I could go on about trends for a while, probably. I mean, I think the biggest one was clearly automation. Um, I mean, it's it's really a part of what every company is doing these days, it seems like at the show. Um, you know, I'd say... 90% of these companies were, were automation companies focused on the warehouse, uh, either using robotics or using software. Um, so a lot of automation at the show. Um, and then a few trends even within automation as well. Um, you've got a lot of companies that are working on making that as easy to deploy as possible. Um, you know, being able to add a new software or a new robot within you know, a couple of days instead of a couple of weeks or months. Um, you've also got uh, sort of the ergonomic side of things, you know, uh, making robots and other devices that are really easy to use, um, that that limit training time and that improve you know worker satisfaction and retention. Um, so those are those are a couple of big ones. Uh, another big piece of tech that you heard a lot about at the show was uh, multi orchestration. Uh, I think that was the hottest one that I heard about. Uh, that could mean a couple of different things. So that could be a, a global warehouse control software or robotic control system for all of an operator's warehouse robots. So that even means it could be from, you know, different vendors. You know, you could have a Berkshire Gray robot and a Locust robot on the same system. Uh, that's what Coevolution, a uh, company out of Asia uh, that just launched in the U.S. is doing. Uh, the other thing it could mean is a sort of a tech agnostic system uh, across different devices like AMRs and put walls uh, that uses pre-integrations to allow operators to add new softwares and hardwares really quickly. Uh, that's what SVT Robotics is doing. Uh, both of those two companies were at the show. Um, so basically, the idea goes back to deployability and the speed at which company can add automation tech. Uh, but it, it can also, I think, uh, really boost adoption rates for warehouse automation because, you know, with these systems, you don't need to integrate a new piece of tech every time you want to add it. Uh, it's pre-integrated. You can stand it up quickly. Uh, and I think that's going to do a lot for adoption of warehouse automation tech. So a lot of that adoption, one of those big hurdles is, of course, cost. It's it's expensive to deploy some robotic tech and get it in, get it integrated. And honestly, at the same time, often you have to 
pay kind of almost double, right? You've got your human capital still there while you were also paying for the integration of your robotic system. Eventually that human capital gets weaned off and then you have the robots take over. Were we seeing a lot of that as still being one of those kind of barriers to entry for a lot of these companies wanting to deploy robotic systems? Or have they gotten a little bit more affordable, especially as we look at now what the labor market looks like? I think it definitely is still somewhat of a barrier, but uh, it's becoming more affordable, I think, with um, the rise of models like uh, like RAS, you know, robots as a service. Um, it's a model, basically a subscription model, where uh, instead of just buying that hardware outright, buying robots for the warehouse, you can you can lease them, um, maybe have them for six months, for a year. Um, and you can even add them in just when you need capacity, uh, just like we're seeing in the last mile space uh, with these last mile aggregators that are kind of injecting capacity into your fleet. Uh, for maybe a couple of weeks at a time to deal with PCs in demand. You're seeing a similar kind of model emerge in automation where companies can kind of dip their toes in the waters of automation without getting all the way in. And Jack, um, with some of the insights that you heard, did you hear anything around timelines or really when we can expect really mass adaptation? I'm sure there's already a ton of automation robotics already in the industry and in the field and in warehouses. But did you hear anything as like, say, hey, maybe within the next five years or so, we can expect X amount of increase for robotics? Uh, Let me tell you, I asked that question and I didn't get a lot of uh, very clear responses. You know, people are very (laughs) hesitant to to make that kind of prediction. Um, You know, going off of what I saw, though, um, I I think it's going to, to accelerate in the next couple of years. Um, with, with these models like RAS, uh, with these systems like like how I mentioned what Coevolution and SVT are doing, those multi-orchestration systems that can handle all of your different devices on one system and make it easy to stand up automation. Um, so I do think that because of trends like that, um, you're going to see adoption rise. Uh, and, and not to mention, obviously, the labor situation is still in flux. You know, uh, That was by far the, the biggest pain point that I heard about at the show uh, when I asked these companies. It was always labor. Um, and, and not necessarily finding it, but also retaining it. Um, and I think automation will play a big role in helping that retention, you know, making the lives of those workers easier, eliminating mundane tasks, giving them sort of an electronic assistant to help them with their day to day. So, Jack, for a long time, a lot of these companies were focused on the very specific areas of pick and pack, of sortation, and then of returns and taking those returns and replacing them back in the warehouse spaces. They're doing that pretty good now. It seems like a lot of these companies have really honed in on that. Was anyone talking about where maybe their next opportunity for growth and development lies? What what was that kind of looking like? Yeah, you made a great point there. Um, you've got a lot of these warehouse point solutions, you know, um, picking and packing, uh, maybe conveying, um, you know, auto bagging. Um, there's a lot of companies that have specialized in one area, one of these areas or two of these areas. Uh, and you are definitely starting to see them start to branch out. Um, I think there's kind of two schools of thought right now. You've got some companies that are trying to be the, the be all end all for the warehouse, you know, be able to supply the automation, the software that makes it run, the hardware that's actually doing the automation. Um, then you've also got, I think, a few companies that are, you know, sticking to that, that hyper focus. Um, pack size was one that I, I spoke to at the show. Uh, they've got a, a new partnership with Walmart that are, they're doing their, um, their, their packaging for them. Um, and their, their focus is really solely on that at becoming the most efficient uh, possible solution for that problem as possible. Uh, and then being able to integrate that solution with partners. Um, so you're seeing some companies trying to do everything themselves. You're 
you're seeing others really hyper-focus on one thing uh, and enlisting kind of a network of partners to, to handle the rest. And Jack, real quick, before we let you go, you are no stranger to the freight waves, airwaves. If people want more of your content, how can they do that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you can check out my show and podcast, The Drop Zone. It runs every month. You can find that on Freight Waves TV or on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also give me a follow on Twitter at Jack underscore Dalio. Uh, I don't tweet super often, but uh, when I do, it's always a banger. So uh, give me a follow. <laughs> there you go. When, when Jack tweets, you want to listen to it. Thanks, Jack. And of course, you can catch all this content up on modernshipper.com. Right now, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be back with our next carrier update. We've got our CPG communities highlight for today as well. 